Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast. I have Dr. Pamela Smith. Uh, She's the director for medical education for the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine. And she's an expert in female hormones. Uh, So she tells me this is her, uh, her favorite topic to talk about, female hormones, and lectures extensively about it. So I'm glad to have her. Pam, thanks for coming. Huh, thank you so much. Glad to be here. Yeah, what what is it about um, you know women's hormones that is of great importance to you? What do you tend to talk about when you lecture on it? I think part of it is that women don't understand their own body. So they hear the word estrogen and they think it's something that's terrible, and it's not. Estrogen has 400 functions in a woman's body. So it's taste, touch, smell, hearing, skin tone, estrogen lowers cholesterol, blood sugar, blood pressure, and it literally is her memory. So estrogen is a wonderful thing. And it's important that it's balanced throughout her entire life. Yeah, I didn't realize it had so many roles. Um, again, the typical woman just thinks what estrogen is bad, or I need more of it, or like, what, what is their thought process? What do they know about it? Well, honestly, usually they don't know anything about it. Uh, Women make three estrogens, E1, estrone, E2, estradiol, E3, estriol. And they come from the Latin derivations of the words one, two, and three. And so it's important to understand the different functions of the estrogens. E1 is one that when women need hormone replacement, we don't replace E1 it's linked to breast cancer. E2 is the 400 functions in the body, and E3 is the one that literally helps prevent breast cancer. So as she ages, if she needs hormone replacement, we always replace E2 and E3, but not E1. And and why is that again? Uh, Because E1 is the one that is linked to breast cancer, so there's no need to replace that one. But what role would it have normally? I mean, you know, why would our body, or not our bodies, women's bodies produce naturally E1 and then stop producing it and uh, not replacing it be a good thing? That's a great question. She makes the amount she needs of E1 when she's younger. The E1 does increase with age. And the fact that it goes up is the reason it's linked to breast cancer. Also, the metabolization or breakdown of estrogen is a key component. Estrogen breaks down into 2, 4, and 16 hydroxyestrone. The 2 is the good one. You want the body to break down mostly into that one. A little bit of 16 is a good thing for bone structure. You don't want the body to break down into the 4-hydroxyestrogen. That's the one that's linked to breast cancer. So we can measure the breakdown in the urine, 
If the body's breaking down into mostly 4-hydroxy, the one we do not desire, the good news is we can fix that for everyone. The science is here to provide hormone replacement in a very scientific and safe manner. So if a woman is experiencing issues, first of all, what are those issues? How will a woman know that mm, I'm having hormonal problems? What will she experience? That's a great question. So let's talk about her other hormones first, and then we'll talk about what happens if she has problems. It's all about balance. So estrogen does balance with progesterone. Progesterone, if you don't have enough, symptoms can be anxiety, irritability, insomnia, mood swings, depression, heart racing, bladder problems, gut disturbances, long menstrual cycles, fibroids, a lot of different things. And women can have low progesterone at any age. PMS is usually a low progesterone state. PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, commonly has low progesterone as well. And then, of course, perimenopause and menopause. Usually progesterone is the first hormone to go down. So commonly women will come into my practice or see other anti-aging doctors and they'll complain of insomnia or anxiety or depression that they never had before. And the good news is we can do a salivary test, we can measure the hormones and replace them in a customized and individualized way for every patient. When we give progesterone for balance, for younger women before menopause, it's only given during part of her cycle, days 14 through 25. It's different after menopause when we initially give it every single night. And after that, we usually give it Monday through Saturday and off on Sunday. We usually don't give estrogen before menopause except for rare occasions. And not every woman loses estrogen right at menopause. Menopause is no cycle for one year. Some women, particularly women who are heavier because estrogen is stored in fat cells, do not lose their estrogen until later on. So it's very important we measure because we don't want to give someone hormones they do not need. And then the ovaries also make testosterone. Testosterone is very tricky. One half of women in their life never lose testosterone. I'm 66 and I still have my normal testosterone level I did when I was 25. So we'll probably never change. Of that remaining one half, one half of women at menopause and perimenopause will have low testosterone. We do want to replace it because it's her sense of well-being. It's her strength of bone. And then the other one half of those will end up with too high of testosterone. If it's elevated, then we want to lower it because high testosterone can lead to an increase in blood sugar and an increase in heart disease. Women that are younger with polycystic ovarian syndrome almost always have high testosterone. So we want to work with women of all ages to go back and balance their hormones perfectly. Okay, so if a woman has uh, issues and she talks to her typical doctor, says, doc, I'm having issues. Do they even order the right blood tests? Can you go to a lab and get E1, E2, E3, progesterone, 
testosterone and can you do you know is there a um, a protocol to do a full hormone panel on a woman and you know i don't know about a man but you know asking about women is, does that even exist it does you can go have blood work done at your typical lab but it is about hormonal balance so those hormones that are made in the ovaries do balance with two other hormones dhea and cortisol your stress hormone they're made in the adrenal glands, the glands that sit above your kidneys. Medical trials have shown that the gold standard, the best way to measure cortisol, is to measure it by saliva testing. You can have that done at a traditional lab as well. But unfortunately, traditional labs don't always measure the rest of the hormones by saliva. It's less expensive and easier to measure all the hormones by saliva to begin with. So if you go and see an anti-aging specialist, someone who is fellowship trained in this field, so that they literally have done additional coursework on how to prescribe hormones and what their physiology is in the body, when we go and we prescribe them, we do a salivary test first, and then it is an individualized and customized approach. For younger women, a saliva test will be up to 28 days. For women that are perimenopausal, we usually do a six-day test. And for women that are menopausal, we do a one-day test because the hormones don't fluctuate. But this way, we can get the perfect amount for every single patient. So um, what are typical experiences of you know the women you see when they come in and they they tell you they're having a problem. What does that problem sound like? Like how many variations of it is there? Uh, there's as many variations as there can be because her hormonal response is unique to her. But to give you an example, I'd love to share my story. I was sure. very happy being an ER doc in a level one trauma center in Detroit. I loved my job until one day I could not sleep. I literally went to 11 physicians, and they all told me to take a sleeping pill. I thought this was crazy. I've never had trouble sleeping. I was very fortunate. One of my partners in the ER invited me to the very first anti-aging conference, and there I was, second seminar, second slide. Women without progesterone frequently had insomnia. I did a salivary test. I had all my hormones except for progesterone. I didn't have any. I went to see a compounding pharmacist. I ended up taking progesterone and I've slept like a baby for the last 29 years. So I left emergency medicine after a while. For a little while I did ER and anti-aging, but for many years now I've just had an anti-aging practice, which I love because I can help people be healthy and stay healthy. There's a hormone that we haven't measured or mentioned called pregnanolone. Of course, it's hard to say and it's hard to spell. So it's P-R-E-G-N-E-N-O-L-O-N-E. P-R-E-G-N-E-N-O-L-O-N-E, pregnanolone. That is your hormone of memory, but it also makes estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, DHEA and cortisol, and that one is measured by blood. So is it like is it like a master precursor? 
It is. That's a great way to say it. It is a master precursor, and the conductor of this whole hormonal symphony is thyroid. So thyroid has to function perfect, optimally, to get the rest of these hormones correct. Mm, okay. Um, so, all right, now we're to thyroid function. Um, so when someone's having a problem, where do they look first? Or do they do like a full hormone panel and a full thyroid panel to get their, the, does that give you the total picture? Or is there more to the picture? Well, it certainly gives you a lot of the picture. And that is why we do recommend that people see an anti-aging functional medicine, personalized medicine doctor or other healthcare provider, because we are the only ones that measure complete thyroid studies. What does that mean? Traditionally, just TSH, thyroid stimulating hormone, is measured. But that's really not enough to have optimal function. We need more information. So we also measure free T3, free T4, reverse T3, which is stored thyroid, and thyroid antibodies. So TSH, free T3, free T4, reverse T3, and thyroid antibodies. Then we get the entire picture to be able to help the patient have perfect thyroid function. My medical practice is in Michigan, and the number one reason why people have low thyroid function here is low iodine. So we measure iodine levels by urine and make sure iodine is normal. If it's low, we first prescribe iodine, then repeat levels and see if thyroid hormone itself needs to be prescribed. That's not the case everywhere, but Michigan is called the goiter belt. We have a lot of goiters because we have low iodine here in our ground. Okay, so when you do a whole thyroid panel, what are some of the permutations you've seen that give thyroid problems? And do you supplement just with like, um, you know, ground thyroid or T4 or T3 mix? Like, you know, when does that come in and how does it play in? That's a great question. So first of all, when I said optimal, I really did mean that. The TSH, the stimulating hormone, should be the lowest limit of normal, which is about 0.35 in most labs, up to two. Now, the lab that you're going to, it may have a TSH normal up to four, but that's not optimal function. Anything above two, the thyroid does not work as well as it could. So we first of all want the TSH to be perfect. Then we measure the free T3, and free T4. 2% of people worldwide need only T4 for replacement. 98% of people need a combination of T3 and T4. Now, there are prescription medications such as Armour Thyroid, which is four parts T4 to one part T3. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. That ratio is not perfect for every single patient. If it's not perfect, then the fix to that is to have it compounded. It can be literally made for the patient and any ratio we want of T4 to T3. So for example, a patient may need four parts T4 to 20 parts T3. We do have the science to make it perfect. That reverse T3... I didn't, I didn't I know that you can comp compound this. That's great. 
I have, oh, it you know, is great. No thyroid, so that's why I'm curious about it. It is. You can compound female hormones, male hormones. You can compound thyroid. There are so many things that you can now individualize for the person. If the patient has an elevated reverse T3, then usually they're not storing thyroid well enough. It's one thing to make it, but it also has to be able to get into the cell to work. So if the reverse T3 is the upper limit of normal or high, then we have to go back and refuel the body. We have to give it nutrients in order to get thyroid into the cell. Things like coenzyme Q10, magnesium, alpha lipoic acid, and many other nutrients are actually fueling sources for the body. And then the reverse T3 comes down. And then lastly, thyroid antibodies. People with low thyroid function, it's called hypothyroidism. 70%, 70% of those people have what we call Hashimoto's thyroiditis. That means they have positive thyroid antibodies. This is an autoimmune disease, and it means the body's trying to attack its own thyroid gland. If you want to read more about it, then read my book, What You Must Know About Thyroid Disease. If you want to know more about female hormones, read my book, What You Must Know About Women's Hormones. Because people want to know more. They also want documentation. And both books have lots of medical references as to what we're discussing today. Okay, and the name of your book again is what? For Women's Hormones, What You Must Know About Women's Hormones, and for Thyroid, What You Must Know About Thyroid Disease. And then um, can you give me a few anecdotal stories of patients that, you know, their stories really stick out at you for some reason and what happened after you worked with them? Absolutely. It's, I do love my job because it's so much fun to be able to help people. So let me give you an example of a patient who came in to see me recently. She had been to several doctors and they had looked at everything that they really should look at, but they didn't look at the cause of the problem. She was tired and she was only 24 years of age. No one should be tired at 24. So did she have a thyroid problem, which would be the most common reason? She did not. We measured all those things that we discussed, and she did not have a thyroid problem. It was absolutely perfect. We measured the female hormones. It was perfect. We measured the stress hormones, DHEA and cortisol. It was perfect. And that's where the other doctors stopped. What no one did look at was other reasons for fatigue. We tested her for toxic mold. She did have toxic mold syndrome. We tested her for Lyme disease. She did have Lyme disease. And it does take a long time to go back and help people resolve or treat these illnesses. And we've been working with her. And she gave me a call yesterday. And it was so sweet. She actually was crying. She said, thank you so much for giving me my life back. That's, That's what cool. happens when you do an anti-aging approach and you look at the cause of the problem. Well, I mean, I don't even want to bring up with you historically what's been done and the, you know, the, the term hysteria and all that, because I'm sure it's, it's not good. But hopefully um, in today's day and age, are women to get help, able to get help if they have hormone problems or is it still 
you know, like the old days where they told you're fine, you know, it's all in your mind, that kind of thing. Well, it's a little bit of everything. Some women, you know, their doctors don't believe in hormone replacement at all. Some women, their doctors are not experts in this area. And so we do recommend that you do see someone who is fellowship trained in hormonal therapy because it's better not to have any hormones than to have hormones prescribed wrong. There is a fine art to doing this. It is a specialty area. The good news is there are many practitioners around the country that are fellowship trained to help people have hormonal function perfect. And that does include men. When I mentioned estrogen, men do make estrogen as well. They need estrogen for bone structure and memory. Too much estrogen, they have an increased risk in heart disease and prostate cancer. So all those hormones I mentioned for women, men make as well. It's just as important that we help them balance their hormones as we do her. Let's face it. If we increase her sexual interest by balancing her hormones, it's very important that her mate also has balanced hormones as well. Um, yeah, talk a little bit about that. I, well, I'll just disclose. I, you know, I go to a clinic and get testosterone and all that. Um, and I told them at the clinic, if you don't treat the partner or the person, then there could be problems at home because one person may have a sex drive and one person may not. But beyond that, why is it important to look at both partners in any relationship? <laughs> well, to give you an example, last year when I took turned 65, my husband took me on a cruise of Scandinavia because it's some place that I had always wanted to go. And the third day of the cruise, he looked at me and he said, aren't all these people our age or kind of our age? And I said, yes, honey, these people are our age. And my husband will be 65 on September the 4th. So we're close in age. And he goes, but why are they walking so slow? Why do they speak so slow? Why do they have word retrieval problems? Why do they look depressed? Some people even look anxious. And I looked at him and I said, honey, these are people without balanced hormones. Mm. So we want people to live to be 100. But more importantly, we want people to live to be a healthy 100 years of age. Yeah, true. I, I, I've looked, you know, I'm in my mid-40s and I look ahead and I see people in their 60s and 70s and some of them are half dead and some of them are doing amazing. And so it's a choice of like who you want to be and you make that choice every day, you know. Oh, you do. And, you know, some of it is genetic, but the good thing is that you're not stuck with your genes either. You can inherit a gene or a number of genes that increase your risk of cancer or heart disease or other disease processes like diabetes. But in anti-aging medicine, we can look at your genetic history. We can look at your methylation pathways, amino acids, fatty acids, organic acids. There's so much to look at. So you're not stuck with your genetic history. We can go back and if you have, for example, a gene for poor methylation, that is fixable in almost 100% of people. No, that's great. What, what other nuances are important for listeners you know, that have hormone issues or they suspect they have it? You know, a lay person, someone that's not an expert in this, what do they need to know so that this will jump out at them and they can decide they need to speak to someone or not? Well, I think in today's world, it's probably cortisol, your stress hormone. When I mentioned that pregnenolone makes the other hormones, it directly makes cortisol. 
you have to have cortisol to live. If you don't make it, you die in seven days. So when you're first stressed, cortisol elevates. When you've been stressed for a long time, you only make enough to keep yourself alive. So what the body does is it steals pregnenolone. So you could be 25 years of age and have very poor memory and focus because you were so stressed that the body took all that pregnenolone and turned it into cortisol to keep you alive. And then you are going to have word retrieval issues. You will have fatigue and all the other things related to low cortisol. So we do suggest everybody come in and see an anti-aging practitioner. It doesn't matter what age you are. Please come see us to prevent disease. Come see us if you have signs and symptoms. Come see us if you have a disease process because we can help you at any stage. A new study showed the following. If we find people that have prediabetes or insulin resistance that have a gene for it and we work with them, by the age of 25, and they actually eat right and exercise and work on stress, they don't have to turn on the gene. So yes, you can have a gene for a disease and you can never, ever, ever get that disease process if you start early enough. So it's honestly, it's never too early to start an anti-aging program. Um, are there any special cases where someone definitely you know, needs to see you if they have a hysterectomy or if um, they've had maybe certain kinds of cancer or other conditions. Uh, you know, under what circumstances should someone definitely see someone like you? Really for almost anything. And, and I mean that sincerely. One of the most common things that we see people for is prevention of memory loss, treatment of memory loss. We see people for autoimmune diseases. There's now 105 autoimmune diseases we can actually turn back some of that in some patients. We see people for gut disturbances. It's not normal to have reflux or GERD. You're supposed to have two bowel movements a day. People are always shocked at that. 70% of your immune system is in your gut. Serotonin, your happy neurotransmitter, is made in your gut. B12, biotin for hair and nails. You're not healthy if your gut's not healthy. That serotonin that I mentioned is a neurotransmitter. That neurotransmitter has a direct relationship with estrogen, as does dopamine as well. So the neurotransmitters in the body actually interface with hormones as well. So we see people for many, many, many different reasons or Again, some people just want to be proactive and know what can I do to be healthy and stay healthy. Well, very good. Um, so, again, I just want to reiterate this. When someone's looking for a doctor, uh, whether they get a referral or not, what, what are you called? Are you called an anti-aging doctor? What else would you be called out in the wild so people can find <laughs> people like you? We are called anti-aging doctors or personalized medicine doctors. Uh, you can certainly contact the American Academy of Anti-Aging Physicians. Uh, you can get online and just pull up their website and contact them, type in the city in which you live, and they're happy to let you know who is fellowship trained in the area in which you live. Uh, many of us also do phone consults. We certainly do in our practice. So we're also happy to see people from everywhere 
because the goal really is to help everybody be healthy. And last question, what does fellowship trained mean? What does that do for you? People who are fellowship trained in anti-aging and functional medicine, it's a metabolic approach where we do look at the cause. So they take different courses in addition to already being a physician, a nurse practitioner, a PA, whatever uh, specialty area that they're in. They take courses in hormone replacement. They take courses in gut health, uh, an advanced approach to cardiovascular disease, psychiatry, neurology, autoimmune diseases, toxins, cancer. There is a metabolic approach to all of these. Now, please make sure you hear me. That doesn't mean this replaces your primary care doctor. It does not mean we do not believe in traditional medicine. We do. If someone comes to me with a gut problem, I do make sure they've seen their primary care doctor. I do make sure that they've seen the gastroenterologist. I'd lovingly say we just have a bigger bag of tricks. We go back and try and find out why the person has that issue, but that does not mean we're primary care. We are a specialty field. Okay. Well, very good. And the best way for people to follow up on on you in particular is to get your book and let's restate that name. And then if if you can do telemedicine or if they're in your area, uh, how do they contact you? You can contact us at FAAFM63 at yahoo.com. F-A-A-F-M-63 at yahoo.com. Okay, and your book, uh, just, you know, I just want to make sure people have the resource, the name again. Uh, certainly. I've written 11 books, but the ones we discussed today is what you must know about women's hormones and what you must know about thyroid disease. If you do want to know okay. about nutrients, my newest book, which came out this year, is called What You Must Know about vitamins, minerals, herbs, and so much more. It truly is an anthology of what nutrients do in the body. It lists different nutrients. If you wanna eat your way into it, if you need to take it, and then it lists disease processes that different nutrients can be an augmentation to try and help you be as healthy as you can. Very good. Pam, I'm glad you came on the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. Have a great day now. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.